the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The airing of this program by this station is not an endorsement or recommendation by the station of the products or services discussed in the program. The station does not guarantee the results of any investments made by a listener to this program. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. Smooth like butter, sweet like honey, looks so good like she made of money. She's blonde, five foot two, and 102 pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Welcome to tonight's Hour 2 of the Andrea K. Show. I was a little distracted solving the puzzle on Wheel of Fortune up above me. So far, I'm having a field day. I already solved it. They're still spinning the wheel up there. There's only like three spaces left. Andrea doesn't need any vowels. <laughs> I don't need a vowel. <laughs> Who are these people? <laughs> I, hope, I, I, hope you, I hope you lose there, Matt. Overspinning. People don't know when to solve the puzzle, okay? I used to love Wheel of Fortune. That used to be my game show. Great show. Yes, it's a great show. Uh, remember when remember when afternoon game shows were like such a big deal? And even like when, you know, I used to schedule my college classes around prices, right? Oh, by the way. you and me both, girl. Yes. Did you know I was a contestant on the prices? I right? did not. Yes, I was. All right. I got to move on, though. I could sit here and talk about myself all night. <laughs> I wonder if Dave Prime Rib Elhoff was ever contested on The Price is Right. <laughs> the financial thought doctor. He might be telling you, don't be, don't be thinking about winning game shows as a way to make your money. Okay? Right? Dave Elhoff, financial thought doctor. Do you ever advise people to fund their retirement by going on game shows? Uh, jokingly, of course. Most of those people that are... You know, 50, 60 years old, they don't have any plan. <laughs> and they don't have any money. Well, you might as well play the lotto. <laughs> you know what? It's I I never think about buy, buying a lottery ticket. I've never bought a scratcher. I've been given scratchers and like, you know, when you go to the you know company Christmas yeah. parties. But it, every once in a while, it'll be like the super lotto. Or what, I don't even know what it's called. It's like $500 million, and that's when I go and buy like a $2 ticket, and then I never remember to check my numbers. <laughs> you might have won twice, Andrea. <laughs> I might have, but here's my theory. My theory is I'm going to hear the name of the, if if somebody in San Diego wins, the store gets paid money, so they always announce where the ticket was bought. That will get my attention, and then I'll check my ticket. That's my theory. So there you have it. Uh, I'm not a gambler, but I did enjoy uh, making it onto The Price is Right. And I actually made it up on stage, but I didn't make it into the showcase showdown. But I had a lot of fun. Did you hug Bob Barker? I had a lot of fun with Bob Barker, and it was a great, great, great experience. So anyway, all right, enough about me. Financial Thought Doctor, let's talk about you. What do you think of me? 
<laughs> That's from Beaches. Right. Man, oh man, everyone gets their 15 minutes, AK. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I, yeah, I've known lots of people that have gone and stood in line for the prices, right? None of them. Well, actually, that's not true. It, the one day that I went, um, my group of four went first, and my friend's boyfriend, Dave, got picked for the first taping. And then we stuck around for the second taping, and I ended up getting picked. And I thought, they're going to pick another person from the same group? Wow, what are the odds? Yeah, but it ended up happening. All right, so um, Financial Thought Doctor, let's continue to have some laughs. Let's play uh, Janet Yellen talking about how great the economy is. My favorite that, family member. I know, that should get a yuckle uh, out, of, um, out of Dave Elhoff. The financial, the global financial system has generally proven quite resilient. As I mentioned, the United States is doing extremely well economically with inflation coming down in a strong labor market. And um, Europe is doing better than was feared at the time of our last meeting. Um. (laughs) Everything's great. Every day's a banquet. Elhoff, what country is she in? I know. What Kool-Aid is she drinking for crying out loud? I don't know. Pass it along, man, because, you know, she and she sounds like <laughs> she sounds like she's drinking some Kool-Aid. She's in yeah. some hooch or something, man, or chewing some gummies. I don't know where this woman's from. She's starting to sound a little bit like the Frances McDormand character in um, what was that movie that was filmed in uh, up in the Dakotas? It was a co- Fargo. Fargo. She sounded a little bit like Frances McDormand in Fargo. I don't know. Um, uh, the the uh, I sent to you an article yesterday. CNBC did a yep. poll, and it's like, what percentage was it of Americans that were like, you know, we suffering out here. We ain't doing well. Well, 56 to 58%, I think, was the number of people that are living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. And many people now have to get two jobs in order to cover it. And then later on in that article down below, there's something Susie Orman says what you need to do. And, you know, I just laugh at these uh, uh, financial entertainers like Susie Orman and uh, the other guy that everyone thinks is so wonderful. I can't remember his name right now. She, she was a big name like 15 years ago, 20 years ago. I thought she'd kind of dropped yeah. off the off the map along with that Susan Powder woman that was telling everybody that the diet, the best diet to be on was to eat nothing but potatoes all day long, which Skins would probably like. But I don't know whatever happened to Susan, <laughs> to Susan Powder. Uh, that's good. <laughs> Susan- he only eats potato skins. He doesn't eat potatoes. Pass them on over. Right. Yeah. Th- these were plain potatoes, not fried, not loaded up with cheese and bacon bits like I like mine. No, just plain potatoes. And I thought, this woman's a kook. So Susan Powder is off somewhere with Susie Ormon eating eating plain taters somewhere with what little money Susie Ormon has left. Um, yeah. No, I mean, you're right. They're, fina- they're financial entertainers, right? And well, that- the first thing that comes out of their mouth is is the first thing that everyone detests is the first thing is you need to make a budget <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't be ta- don't be calling me no b word okay don't be telling me i got a budget okay <laughs> you, well that's what they do though you got to make a budget you got to pay yourself first these are all worn out cliches totally. that don't work for 
90% of the people that are out there. Totally. So what do you do? It's very simple. And the simplest thing that I can come up with, there's three things, Andrea K, that people need to do, and they don't know how to do it. Because the financial literacy is not taught in this country. Right. It is not taught in high schools. It is not taught in college. It is not taught anywhere. Only thing they do is have drag queen events (laughs) and stuff like that. Yeah. So instead of teaching kids about how money really works, they ignore it. So there's three things that people need to do. And this is, it, it, it isn't that hard if you know how to do it, but most people don't know how to do it. The first thing that does make sense, I'm not talking about doing a budget, but you need to learn how to live on 85% of your income. Okay. What most people say, and most financial entertainers, you need to save at least 15% of your income. No, you need to learn on on how to live on 85% of your income. That's number one. Okay. And number two is you got to understand the velocity of money. And no one understands that. They've never heard of that factor before. But banks and institutions know how to work it against you. And what I'm talking about is that when you put a dollar in the bank, the bank gets that same dollar to do the work of five, six, seven dollars. They lend it out to someone that's got a credit card. They pay back the dollar back into the bank. The bank then takes that same dollar and lends it out to someone that buys a car. They, they put the deposit on the car and they put the loan against the car and the, the uh, car dealer turns around and pays off their inventory loan the bank's got the money back. They lend it out for someone buying a house. The developer pays back the dollar to the bank. The bank gets to go and lend that out again for student loans, for whatever loans are out there, for equity loans, for mortgage loans, whatever it is. So they typically, the banks can't live off the interest that they're charging you. On one dollar, they need five to seven dollars working on that one dollar to make the kind of money that they do. So how do I get how a bank can make five to seven dollars off of that one? But how can an individual? Okay, it's like this: is what does your money? What I do is I have a model. I have a model that that we put together, and it's got twenty-seven drawers. Okay. Three areas, protection, savings, growth. 27 drawers, nine in each one of those areas, protection, savings, and growth. And so whenever you put a dollar into one of those drawers, what does it do? Does it do more than a dollar's worth of work? Does it have protection? Does it have something that's taken place that gives you more than one bang for the buck? So... Understanding the velocity of money, and that's what I teach people to do, is understand the velocity of money. The third thing they need to do, they need to have a balance of contractual wealth and statement wealth. What is that? 
they need to have something that's contractual that has some guarantees. Okay, does it need to be 50-50? No. Does it need to be 60-40, 70-30, 80-20? No, that's where my expertise comes in to show you how to get some kind of balance of guarantees and statement wealth. If you talk about your home, you're talking about your statement wealth. Okay. You get a mortgage statement. You have an appraisal or you have an idea what your home is worth. That's a statement. You get a 401k, an IRA, a Roth IRA. That comes in the form of a statement. So it what's contractual? Gotcha. So uh, what's contractual wealth then? Okay. It's a lot of different things out there. It's something that is guaranteed. It can be annuities. It can be uh, insurance-based products that have guarantees and are contractual. Gotcha. Because most people don't understand that many times it depends upon what company they're dealing with. More companies have more contractual type of statements than they do on transferring the risk. What contractual really means is you're not taking the risk. The institution is taking the risk. Gotcha. Gotcha. Oh, I get it. Okay, the light bulb just went off. Um, where the state yeah. of wealth is, you're taking the risk. So the way that you just explain these three things is simple. It's easy to understand, yeah. and and it's not scary or intimidating. No, and that's that's good because right now people are scared. And yes. what I would encourage people to do is um, don't think that 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 financial planning is for uber well, rich people. It's not. Don't think no. it's too late. Don't think your amount of money is too small. Correct. Now tell Correct. everybody how to get a hold of you. 619-548-0965. The last couple of weeks I've had several people were working together. Good. We work together in order to maximize your wealth. That's what people really want to do to make right. sure that they are maximizing their wealth potential. Text me, me, give me a phone call, leave a message, I'll get back to you. And we'll have a conversation, and it's you and I working together. It's not me telling you what to do. No, you have options out there. I explain what options are, and then you decide which way is best for you. Perfect. Thank you, El Hoff. Thank you for, right. for making me laugh. Thank you for um, providing options for people out there to, to be able to take the panic away and take control over their money and get some peace and actually get their money working for them. So thank Absolutely. you, my dear. All right. Take care. All right. Love you. Love you. Take it easy. Bye. All right. Oh, before we take a break, oh, hold on, Skins. I, I, I meant to talk to Elhoff about this. Um, I want to make sure in, in California – did y'all know, I know that our friend Gary Quackenbush, uh, GQ Law, has been talking about it on his show, but I wanted to make sure you guys know, I posted this on Facebook, a lot of people didn't know, that in the state of California, you're going to need to research it because there's a few counties that have an exception around middle of the state, like Kern County area, I believe, but most of the, of the state of California has been given an extension by the IRS as well as the Franchise Tax Board on filing taxes. I'm not here to tell you that you should wait uh, 
want to file your taxes, I'm just here to inform you uh, that an extension has been the tax deadline. Initially, it was moved to May 18th. Now it's been moved to October 16th this year. Evidently, because of all the storms that we've had and mudslides, etc., uh, because of the uh, FEMA declarations, emergency declarations for the state, um, the both the IRS and the Franchise Tax Board have extended the tax filing deadlines. Go to irs.gov. I've, I've posted on my Facebook page um, both articles related to it. Search the counties. Um, you know, I, I made a joke. Where's the where's been the, the emergency and all the issues in San Diego? But it, San Diego County falls under this. So it's up to you to decide. I'm not here to tell you whether or not to delay filing. I'm just here to tell you it's available to you with no penalties um, for late filing. You don't even have to file an extension. So there's that just to let you know. All right. We're going to take a break. We come back. More Andrea K. Show on its way. The airing of this program by this station is not an endorsement or recommendation by the station of the products or services discussed in the program. The station does not guarantee the results of any investments made by a listener to this program. Andrea K. Telling you like it is, all while eating a donut. The Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. It's just getting worse with this uh, transgender movement. It's... it's um. The Trojan horse that's going to destroy us if we don't push back. I like Rogan O'Hanley. I don't know if you guys know who that is and follow him on the socials, DC Drano. Uh, he tweeted out today, I think it was this morning, he tweeted out um, that he's probably posted twice maybe in the past few years about the transgender movement, didn't pay much attention to it. But now after this Christian school shooting uh, situation, now he's all in. And, it's, and I thought, I retweeted it and said, you know, I've been speaking out and warning about this movement for five years. I remember speaking five years ago at a Republican group in uh, Mission Valley. It was the San Diego County Republicans. And Paula Witzel invited me to speak there. She's such a good, good gal. And she invited me to speak. And I asked what topic. And she said I could pick the topic. And I talked about this transgender movement five years ago. And I warned against it. I told, And I told it was the first time I had publicly told the story about me as a girl thinking a mistake had been made and I was a boy trapped in a girl's body and that this was where this LBGT movement was going. Actually, there was no T at that point. I said, this is where the the movement is going and we needed to be speaking out against it because this is not about civil rights. This isn't about protecting trans people. This is about the destruction of America. And Andrea, I got to do some research, but I was doing some on this topic. I was doing some additional story research earlier today and i swore that i saw now there's actually a two the numeral two in front of all the letters yeah i mean it's it's uh it it, we're now and i thought you know dc drano has such a huge following and you know i don't have the following some of these people have i basically ignored twitter for years because it's such a cesspool right um, but and and now, I mean, people, you know, not a lot of people even go over there. It's just kind of like the same people on there. Right. But because some of these people stayed there and it's like it's kind of an echo chamber, it is kind of an echo chamber. But there's still a thing to where if you've got a large Twitter follower following a lot of media thinks that that means that you're smarter or that you're better or that your analysis is better. And the reality is, is most of these big conservatives with the big followings are way behind. In fact, I think that's some one of the reasons why. 
why um, they have the profiles that they have, because quite frankly, they're part of the controlled opposition, in my opinion, because they've ignored some of the biggest issues of our time. Some of the biggest voices have wasted their voices and are the, some of the biggest voices because, quite frankly, they've been churning the same tired crap now for years while the left has been pushing and working a long game and making hella progress against these so-called big influencers. Now we've got children being mutilated all over the place. D.C. Drano, where have you been? My brother, where have you been, John Cardillo, who's sitting all day long talking about Ali Alexander? I mean, come on, man. 300,000 followers. Stop your anti-Trump crap. Start pushing against the scourge that's taking place in this country. Riley Gaines was attacked by a mob, had to hide for three hours after being physically attacked. Where are all these big mouth influencers coming to her aid? And now... They're blaming her. They're coming out and blaming the San Francisco state student government is blaming violence on her and on Turning Point USA. This is the false narrative that's being pushed. The weapon is, and what does this have to do? And now I'm flashing on Kyle Rittenhouse. What's the difference between Riley, Riley Gaines and Kyle Rittenhouse? He was supposed to lay there in the street and being, and being murdered by a skateboard or being shot by the one whose left army took off. Riley Gaines was supposed to stand there and be beaten because if you're not going to go along with their program, you deserve. It doesn't matter whether we're talking about Second Amendment. It doesn't matter whether we're talking about Black Lives Matter. It doesn't matter whether we're talking about Antifa. It doesn't matter whether we're talking about the trans movement. Every it's bit all of about it, narrative. It's all about communism and about communism. And you're either going to go along with it or they're going to take you out. I heard. Um. And I, I, I copied this this morning on Twitter, and I don't remember who put it out there. I apologize. But here's what this person had to say about why this movement is so dangerous and why it's, it's such a threat to this country. This person said the trans movement is, at its very core, an anti-reality movement. It's not, it is not a different interpretation of reality or different opinion about reality. It is a dismantling and denial of objective truth itself. 30 years ago, when the alphabet mafia was only a couple of letters long, instead of an L followed by the infinity symbol, their demands were not our favorite, but at least they were somewhat reasonable. They wanted gay marriage and the right to visit their partners in the hospital. This we could at least wrap our heads around. Although I warned at that point against gay marriage because I said that would not end. We, that, that it would just continue to get worse and worse and worse for us. Really, um, we needed to be pushing back then. I did. I said no to, to gay marriage. I said, I don't need marriage. What we need to do is have everybody under a, a, a civil contract called a civil union. Because I, project, I projected at that time in 2008 that we would be right where we are. But he goes on. In the years that followed, more and more identities were added, and as they were, the demands became equally as convoluted and unrealistic. Thirty years later, the demands of the trans movement isn't for the right to some freedom others enjoy, but to a right that no one is afforded. They will say that their goal is to be protected, but that is just a distraction. Trans people 
have all the same prote- protections that everyone else has. They cannot be legally discriminated against, assaulted, killed, etc. To to infinity. Those laws already exist. Ultimately, here's what everyone needs to understand. What they actually demand is the right to legally compel others to join in their fantasy and to affirm it as an objective reality. And they've actually, I'm going to add in here, they've actually gotten the medical community to get on board with this insanity. He goes on to say, that is not a right anyone enjoys. And they want to be able to hurt you if they can't get your full cooperation. This is why the trans movement is such a big deal. It is an all-out assault on reality itself and our rights as Americans. And if history is any indication, if they get what they want, it will inevitably be forced by people with guns from our government. There is no end to this. You want to hear the latest of where it's going? It went from tolerance to validation to forced participation, now being forced onto children. Now it's gone from them acting as though children were born, you know, trans children need to be loved and respected to now there is only trans children. Clip two from last night. Y'all really want to try to say there aren't trans kids? Let me tell you what there aren't. There aren't cis kids. Okay, you telling your child, oh, you're a boy, you're a girl. This is a child. This is a free spirit that has not learned any of that. And so you force it on them. So cisness is the wound. Cisness is the delusion. Cisness is the lie. Cisness is the place of pain. Transness is the healing. Transness is the growth. Transness is the truth. Transness is what we actually are. We are fluid. We are 70% water. We are God. God is change. God is trans. We are trans. You are forcing your kids to be boys and girls. We're saying, be whatever you are, baby. Be free. Be water. Be light. Be sky. Be God. Because guess what? That's what we actually are. What we actually are is trans, is change, is love. We're not the ones doing the forcing. And see God chiming just on time. So it's gone quickly from asking kids in school, filling out, have you ever wanted to be, are you sure you're a boy? Are you sure you're a girl? Have you ever worn your sister's dresses to now? There is no such thing. There's only trans children. Only trans children. And this is where we're going. This is why a mother, a, a mother of five in Oregon has filed a federal lawsuit because she was told she could not adopt children through the foster care if she was not willing to commit to transgendering of her child. This is where we're going. And, it's, and, and this is why this trans movement is the Trojan horse to destroy this country. Because when you're destroying children and when you're and, and when there's no such thing as gender anymore and everybody's bodies are being mutilated, how, how does anybody procreate? It, it's about it. No, it, there. And, and you are God, he says. This is the ultimate cultural Marxist communist tool to destroy America. Now, what are we going to do about it? 888-344-1170. Andrea K. bringing the world a much-needed reality check. You're listening to The Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. I just had a very scary experience during the break. I had bought these healthy chicken bites, 
at the store, brave, good, kind, which is like, I, I see a label like that and I think, oh, gish, this is just, this is some kind of woke snack, but it's supposed to be healthy and I'm always looking to increase a little protein into my diet. I don't just eat donuts. And I, before the show, I was scared to, to try one. So I, I tried to get skins to eat it. What was that? Now I'm flashing on. What was the cereal when we were kids? Hey, Mikey, he won't eat it. What was it about about getting Mikey to try it? So that was me. I was was trying to get Skins to try the cereal, and he didn't want to try it because he had already had dinner. Um, Oh, it was Life Cereal. Life Cereal. So I decided during the break, I was getting hungry, and I decided, you know what? I'm going to try one of these chicken bites. It was actually pretty good. So I'm not sure if these That could have gone bad. It might not have had an Andrew K. show. I know. Um, So, well, I'm always leery in trying a woke snack. Right. Um, oh, by the way, that reminds me. I need to bring you in some chicken and a biscuit crackers. Oh, please do. You got to try some chicken and a biscuit. And it was actually a good snack, but it was a little scary. It was risky. Doesn't go well with my peppermint tea, though. All right. Speaking of scary, we got to talk rides and attractions. Yeah, speaking of woke. Yeah. Um, uh, one more woke thing before we talk about rides and attractions. Good news. Bud Light has lost $5 billion. Oh. <laughs> Five billion with the B, babies. Um, and I don't think they're going to get it back because this has just taken on a life of its own. They really should have looked at their target audience before making that move. Right. There's just, I'm not a beer drinker, so it's really easy for me to not drink Bud Light, but it's gotten to where people that are ordering it are being shamed. It's the new shaming. It's it's the new shame game. Oh, my, people are like, they look at somebody, oh, that must be a Bud Light drinker. I mean, that's now where things are. So, um, another woke corporation that continues to get a lot of heat is Disney. When we had somebody on the show, was it Brian Maloney last night? We were talking about woke. And he was like, well, the reason why Go Woke, Go Broke hasn't worked against some com- corporations like Disney is because, um, it, it, you know, you're, you're always going to have foreign tourists. But I also think it's more than that because this isn't about an alcohol product. Disney is about an experience. And when you grew up going to Disneyland, and last time we talked about it, um, it, I got a lot of heat from people that were like, you shouldn't support Disneyland. You shouldn't go to Disneyland. Um, but it's hard to not go back to Disneyland when your entire family, you grew up going to Disneyland. And it's about an experience that you love so much and it's family oriented. Um, so really we st- nostalgia for what the company used to be. Well, and it's still and and it's a great family experience. And it's something, if you loved it as a kid, if you loved the car ride, oh my gosh, I can remember loving that car ride when I was a kid. I just fantasize it. I was it's hard to pull the plug on that. It's hard to pull the plug on that. And it's, a, and, and, and it's a fantastic experience. And if you live in Southern California and it's an hour and 10 minutes up the road and you can go and have a phenomenal family experience, uh, you know, it, it's hard to not go to it. So forgive us if we're about to talk about Disneyland. And an attraction at Disneyland. But we're also going to talk about a harrowing ride experience that was even scarier than my snack uh, test that I just took involving skins up at a non-Disneyland uh, resort, but in a, a ride up. Uh, Park. So Disneyland has announced, they made a major announcement on one of their attraction skins uh, that does involve going woke. Tell everybody about it. Well, one uh, one attraction that's been there for gosh, it has to be thirty years plus now. Uh, Splash Mountain, mm-hmm. you know, every, every, everybody has has loved this ride. You know, you end up getting soaked. The whole 
big deal is trying to, you know, see if you can weasel your way into the best seat and, you know, duck behind your family members. But it's been talked about over the last several years to, you know, it has racist roots because it, uh, you know, it spotlights Song of the South. And that that is, just you know, it, it's a racist picture and Disney needs to distance themselves from it. And to date, there's been talk of them pulling the plug, but they haven't done it well as of May 31st this year, and it was earlier in the year for Disney World, they they have pulled the plug and they will be closing it down. The 30th is the last day that patrons can actually experience Splash Mountain. Yeah. So if you want to ride Splash Mountain before it's evidently it's going to be closed a year and a half, they are going to refurbish it. They're going to retheme it. Retheme it. Um, who knows what kind of woke nonsense it's going to be. Evidently it's going to be something about the bayou, so it's which which Tiana's me. Bayou Adventure. Uh, that, honey child, that's bayou. We don't call bayou, it no bayou. Me. We don't call it no bayou. <laughs> He's Sorry. Cute. He's cute, isn't he? <laughs> it's a good thing you're cute, calling it to Bayou. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, they're going woke. And calling it the Bayou thing, don't be dragging, don't be dragging Louisiana into your, into your woke nonsense, okay? That's going to really annoy me. I actually don't ride Yeah, Splash I have an official Mountain. date. Well, this ride, Andrea, has been going since 1989. Yeah. Yeah. I've never been a big fan of it because to me... I don't like getting drenched. I don't like getting drenched. There's not much to the ride except a drop at the end. And it's like, I got better uses for my time at Disneyland, at Magic Kingdom than that. Okay. Um, so I've never been a big fan of it. When they introduced Fast Pass, there would, you couldn't even get a Fast Pass for it. If I want to go ride a cool ride and get wet, I'm going to ride the... Um, the river rafting thing over at California Adventure. That's a much better ride. That's a much better water ride. That's a fun thing to do. Uh, Grizzly Rapids. Gri- Grizzly Rapids on, on a hot day. Um, what's not fun and what is the fear of every... And I, my family has been power amusement park riders... Mine too. ...of big thrill rides my entire life. And we love it. But the biggest fear... I can remember going to um, Six Flags Magic Mountain when riding with Lindsay. When Lindsay... I, I call her Lindsay Poops. When Lindsay Poops was 12 and she had never ridden a Viper before. And I can remember going up the tracks and I can remember reaching my arm through my shoulder harness and holding on to hers because I was so scared that somehow that thing wasn't latched properly and I don't know how I thought I was going to hold her in. But that's the biggest fear of anybody is that you're going to be riding one of these thrill rides and your harness isn't properly latched. And then Skins proceeds to tell me a story before the show about such a situation. Yeah, I'm not going to call out the park. I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm don't like doing that, but no. Andrea, uh, decades ago, right, before, was shortly after the kids were born, uh, I had an amusement park experience where, you know, they, they come across, they check the shoulder harnesses. That's pretty standard procedure. Uh, unfortunately, the ride operator had skipped my line, and I was like, oh, he's you know, going to come back. I don't know why he happened to skip it, but he'll come back. No, he never came back. And the, this was well, this was a ride that, that goes really high and has loops, right? It has really high, has loops. And so the thing takes off on the conveyor belt and starts going up that initial first hill. And I'm thinking, okay, this is great. Yeah, this is the end of my rope, so to speak. Well, it gets to the top of the hill and just kind of hangs there. You know, it seemed like an eternity, probably about 60 seconds. And I was, you know, waving, doing the, the hand up thing. And I, I, I really thought that that was that was going to be it. Luckily, you know, they have it on like that sensor 
thing and it was brought back down and I was able to live another day. I can't, you know, to me, I'm horrified just hearing that story because if you've ever ridden a a thrill ride like that and you're, you're heading up that hill, I cannot imagine heading up that hill with my, because on that ride, that was the only restraint. It wasn't like you had a bunch of other backup restraints to keep you in. If that, if that ride had not, if they had not pulled your, your ride back, you'd have been dead. That's hard. Well, that's why, you know, whenever you see Disney or, you know, other theme park companies and they have all these refurbs for, you know, what seems like simple stuff, they're really doing it to, you know, for the safety of, of their patrons and they should be doing that on a regular basis. That was scary, man. How did you keep from like crying and, and, oh, uh, again, uh, not going to name the park. Never been back. Yeah. I wouldn't go back to that. I'd be having flashbacks. Do you ever have PTSD flashbacks on it? No, but I can still vividly see it in my head. Have you guys ever had an amusement park horror story like that? Ever been stuck on a ride? 888-344-1170. Oh, I've been stuck on plenty of Disney rides, but that's just kind I've of I've only been like, stuck okay, on one. It's I, been 45 yeah. minutes now. I was stuck on Space Mountain for a few minutes, and then they let us go ride it again. We were like, okay, cool. That was awesome. We're going to take a break. Have you been stuck on an amusement park ride? Hey, do you have a horror story that you want to share with us? Like, have you been scared? Not a real one. We don't want to know of anybody. Like... I lost a hat once. And and I had to go the rest of the day without a hat. I was sunburned. You and me both. <laughs> Stay tuned. You're listening to somebody who tells it like it is. Andrea K on The Answer San Diego. And welcome back to The Andrea K Show. And now it's time to go back to Andrea K. Just chowing down on one of these chicken neck. That's snacks. good, huh? Mm-hmm actually very good so we had another uh, republican throw his hat in the ring for president today senator tim scott who i'm a fan of in many ways i thought he gave one of the best rebuttals to a state of the union address ever and in which he talked about um he's such a great voice for the beauty of america and talked about how i think he mentioned one of the state of union addresses that he went his family has gone from picking cotton to picking a president or him being in Congress in one generation. So he's absolutely an inspiration. But I don't want him as president for a couple of reasons why. Um, I think he I think he needs to stay um, in the Senate, maybe run for governor. Um, but here's part of his announcement speech today. Clip four. On this day, April 12, 1861. In this harbor, the first shots of the Civil War were fired. And our country faced the defining moment. Would we truly be one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all? America's soul was put to the test, and we prevailed. Today, our country is once again being tested. Once again, our divisions run deep and the threat to our future is real. Joe Biden and the radical left have chosen a culture of grievance over greatness. They're promoting victimhood instead of personal responsibility, and they're indoctrinating our children to believe we live in an evil country. And all too often, when they get called out for their failures, they weaponize race to divide us, to hold on to their power, When I fought back against their liberal agenda, they called me a prop, a token, 
because I disrupt their narrative. I threaten their control. They know the truth of my life disproves their lies. That's the beginning of it. He goes on in the campaign ad um, to talk kind of about his agenda. I like that he says he will stand up for uh, life, uh, Judeo-Christian principles and values. He's got, you know, kind of some generic language in there about the economy. But if the centerpiece, here's what's missing for me. First of all, I don't think Tim Scott, I like the idea of more people in in, uh, the race. I think Trump needs to have to debate. He needs to earn the presidency because everybody needs to earn the presidency. You're not entitled to it. And I think it will make him a better candidate and will force him uh, to, uh, you know, recognize some mistakes he's made. So I like Tim Scott throwing his hat in the ring. Um, I think Tim Scott has a lot to offer, but I, I think Tim, what, what's not mentioned in there, and it, you know, he's got an opportunity to expand, but if his entire message is based upon the fact that I'm a black guy and I'm here to basically, uh, you know, have us get past the race thing, that's great, but it's not enough. There's no mention in there of a weaponized deep state. There's no mention in there of anything related to election integrity. And at this point, he he's throwing his hat into the primary race for Republican president, not as a Democrat. Uh, this isn't about the general election, in other words. So um, I'm not. And one of the things that really bothered me about Tim Scott was in the first two years of Trump's administration, he and, and Trey Gowdy went on a book tour together instead of focusing on doing the people's business and trying to ensure that President Trump, they were only given the majority of both houses of Congress so that we could have control of Congress and control of the White House. And instead of making sure that the people's agenda was implemented, they ran, he ran around on a book tour with Trey Gowdy, who was nothing but a phony a disappointment. So Tim Scott, in my opinion, needs to stay where he is. That's my thoughts on Tim Scott. I think he's a classy guy. I don't support him for president. Uh, let's say he doesn't actually. I mean, he's just exploring at this point. Let's say he doesn't pull the trigger. Uh, VP? Uh, no, because I think we need somebody more exciting on the VP ticket, even though it's kind of a not much of a of an actual position. I think we need a Dick Cheney. I remember in uh, 2000, I remember Mama saying to me, I like that Dick Cheney. He looks like he could run a family. Absolutely right. We need somebody who looks like they could run a family. We need a Michael Corleone. That's what we need. So that's, that's my take on it. Hey, we're going to be back tomorrow. But in the meantime, we'll be here 6 p.m. Pacific time. Follow me on all the socials. Email me at andreakshow.com. Peace out. Love you all. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.